This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio. In the weekly program Money Talk, now we bring you a discussion on Indo-US trade relations. The participants are Amiti Sen, financial analyst, and Arya Madan Mohan, journalist. Amiti, the India-US trade relations, and as I understand, the US Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross has uh, arrived in delhi for business summits etc and i believe he's been meeting many ministers so what is this in relation to wilbur ross is primarily here for something called trade wins it's a trade mobilization program where he has got around 100 corporates from the us and they would be meeting their business partners here and talking about possible tie-ups and all but since he is here he has met prime minister modi he has met finance minister arun jaitley he has met the commerce minister suresh prabhu and he has discussed the wide ranging trade concerns that have popped up between these two countries over the last few months so miti ji what are these trade we have around us is india's second largest export destination and bilateral trade is around 2% of world trade in goods and services and this is a growing relationship so is there really a problem biggest problem that the trump regime has with india is the trade deficit which exists between the two countries so that is the first thing which the us president donald trump raised as soon as he became the us president he named nine countries china was the country with the biggest trade deficit but with india also the trade deficit is substantial but the fact is that it is very small compared to china but at the same time the us wants to get it down so we have seen over the last uh, two years they have been actually pinpointing particular areas particular sectors where they think the tariffs are too high or where they think that the regulations are such that the us industry cannot invest in the country so they have been really following up these issues and they have also made india take some steps like bringing down import duties on motorcycles so that is their goal so just to drill down a little bit more into that um, i understand that the motorcycle tariffs for us motorcycles being imported into india were around about 100% but now they've been cut down to 50% and perhaps coming down even further whereas on us import duties is 0 to 2.4% or so so there's quite a substantial difference there yes but the tariffs that are decided upon by individual countries it varies from what their industry is like so in, in india the auto industry is still growing although we have given it protection for a long time but the government still feels that there is a case for continued protection that is why we have kept the tariffs high but we are in full compliance with our wto commitments we haven't breached our ceilings that we have agreed to at the wto so it's not really right for a country to pinpoint and say that why have you kept these tariffs so high but the us did and basically to prove to the us that we do care about the bilateral relations this government decided to pair it to 50% but then as you see 50% is also very high by the us standards and mr trump has actually pointed it out saying that you know we are not happy with 50% and we want the 0% so that is where we are so i think it's not just india that has these issues with the america doesn't have issues with just with india because i know that trump has been making noises about europe's uh, compliance especially germany because german exports of cars like bmw etc manufactured in germany whereas germany doesn't buy any us cars so he's a bit upset about that and the tariffs that germany puts up to prevent imports into the eu so it's a generalized dissatisfaction i guess on overall prior trade policy from america's perspective you are absolutely right about the european union us especially the trump regime is not at all happy with eu policies so we could see reflection of that 
in the penal tariffs that they imposed on steel and aluminium and eu was one of the regions where they decided to impose those tariffs india was another so was china it's uh, around 20% for steel i think and 10% uh, yeah, for aluminium 25% for steel 20%. and 10% for aluminium although they have reached some kind of an understanding with eu on the matter but still the fact that they identified eu as a country which has to be penalized shows that all is not well but us is biggest I don't know whether enemy would be the right word but biggest bugbear issue yes it is actually china so if you have seen the kind of trade actions that both countries have been taking against each other that is what actually is a trade war so we cannot it's an early stage i guess yes but then it is consistent whenever we see a thaw happening wherever we are hoping that meeting between the chinese premier and trump might result in a resolution of the issues the next day immediately we see that one of the two countries comes up with a statement saying that no we are not going to back out and we are going to come up with fresh tariffs US's ongoing trade war with China is the biggest thing that the US economy is right now facing but at the same time US also has its eyes on other countries including India with which it has a trade deficit so amiti ji basically talking about india again in terms of the gsp we heard recently that the us was thinking about withdrawing india's benefits under that what does that mean gsp it's the generalized system of references it is a scheme that indian exporters have been enjoying for a long time it allows around 3500 indian items to be imported into the us duty free so that is one scheme which india has been enjoying but then the us the trump regime it had not extended it this year and it said that one of the basic requirements for a country to get this benefit is that they should have a fair trading environment for the us but there were following complaints from two of the us industries one is the dairy industry and the other is the medical device industry of india not providing a fair playground for them can we drill so, down a bit more into that the medical devices and the dairy oh what yes, were the oh issues yes. well the problem with the medical device industry was that it finds the price caps that are imposed by the indian government on medical devices including knee caps and coronary stents they find it restrictive they think that their companies cannot supply to the indian market at those prices so they have been saying that those price caps should not be imposed on american items on american devices and there should be a different kind of formula that should be put into place so india had accepted part of the demand so india had agreed to implement the trade margin rationalization model but india had said that it would be calculated the trade margin which american product has to keep in mind it will be calculated on the basis of landing into india but america has said no that is not enough it should actually be calculated on the basis of when it reaches the wholesaler because there are a lot of costs which are involved after the transport uh, so that is where the thing is stuck although india has assured that it might move so that is one area where us is very unhappy and the second area is dairy imports where india has this requirement that the company which is exporting to india should certify that no animal products including cow they have gone into the feed of the animal from which the product has been derived so the milk in other words they're saying don't use hormones and don't use basically uh, animal based feed supplements animal based yes exactly mm-hmm. so that is something that the us dairy industry says that we can't do we don't do it for anybody but then here india has put its foot down and it said it's that it's a rel- know, religious exactly, issue exactly it's a yeah. religious issue and we cannot do anything about it because it would hurt the sentiments of our people so i think us has understood this and it has stepped back at least on the dairy products thing but it is really serious about the medical equipment demand the demand on the price caps and once the elections are over and the new government is in place 
India may have to do something here or face consequences in the form of withdrawal of GSP or imposition of import duties on some other products. So, Amitiji, also I believe the GSP in relation to the U.S. threat to basically remove the GSP benefits, India has basically said at the moment we're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to impose retaliatory tariffs. It's a completely different issue. So, India is also downturning this whole tariff issue, isn't it? Yes, see, the retaliatory tariffs India had planned actually it was initially planned in retaliation to the duties on aluminium and steel that was imposed by U.S. last year. Because just using some flimsy grounds of some security concerns, they had imposed an additional 25% duty on Indian steel and 10% on Indian aluminium, which has really hurt our exporters. In retaliation to that, like many other countries, India had announced retaliatory duties, but it had not been implementing it, hoping that the issue would be sorted out. But the thing is that before it got sorted out, this GSP thing came up. And so now somehow the goalpost has changed and India does not want to do anything till the GSP matter is sorted out. I think the US also has other issues like they say that India has put up barriers to entry, for instance, a requirement for localization and limits to the foreign ownerships of companies in India. In other Mm -hmm. words, plus I think the H-1B visa policies. So that's also, even though not related to trade necessarily, it is a business barrier which the US has erected. So how are these related to the trade negotiations? See, data localization is a very big factor for the U.S. government because their companies are very upset with this requirement. So last year, RBI had come up with some guidelines, with some rules, saying that the data that is generated by foreign companies in India involves Indians, financial as well as personal data, which companies may have to generate, it has to stay within the country. So the servers have to be here. Exactly. The servers have to Mm. be located here. You cannot take it outside the country. So it's basically two-pronged, the effect. One is that the information stays within the country, and we say that this information is highly private and we don't trust once it goes out. And the second is it also generates a lot of jobs. Because to handle that data, you would need to hire Indians to do that. It is much cheaper for these companies to do the handling there because they already have a network there. So that is why they are posing it and they want data localization to end. And Wilbur Ross, the U.S. Secretary for Commerce, it is actually on top of his agenda and he has taken it up with both the ministers, with Minister Jaitley as well as Minister Prabhu. But I don't think he has got much assurances on that. So, ji, apart from the localization issue, there's another issue in terms of the investment by e-commerce companies in mm-hmm, India. I mm-hmm. believe this is something that blew up right in December last year. Yes. Did we change the rules or what yes, happened? we did change the rules. We actually don't say that we changed the rules. We said that the rules had always been there, but they were kind of hazy and that is why they were not being pursued by the companies with FDI in them like Amazon and also Flipkart. So, this is so, purely relating to e-commerce? It is purely relating to e-commerce. According to the new rules, was prescribed that the e-retailers, they cannot hold a stake in seller entities that sell on their marketplace. And then they also cannot source over 25% of the inventory through a single vendor. This has led to companies like Amazon and Flipkart to completely overhaul their system because they were not following these rules because they were not there strictly in black and white. So this has caused a lot of turmoil. They have vociferously opposed it, but we haven't changed the rules yet. So what, according to my sources, Mr. Ross, he raised this issue and he said that, you know, it doesn't matter what rules India has, but India has to be firm. It cannot waver. It cannot have one set of rules today and just change it because it really causes a lot of trouble to its companies. But then I think our minister assured him that the final policy is not ready yet and they were looking at all recommendations, including recommendations made by the U.S. and then a final policy would be made. 
So another question is related to the defense items in the defense deals with the USA over 15 billion dollars whereas in the previous years all through independence we'd only bought about half a billion dollars worth mm-hmm. of goods from them because of course our main supplier was Russia now how does this fit in with the overall trade i guess the numbers get consolidated into the overall trade numbers on the bilateral level is that right yes defense is both aviation and defense together we see it as a sector which could actually result in change in the numbers like we could be importing much more of defense and aviation inputs from the us which could balance the trade we have a 21 billion trade deficit at the moment so in fact boeing has estimated that india would need over 2000 aircrafts because of our growing uh, uh, civil aviation market. Exactly. And it is hoping to get part of the business, which India is not averse to, provided all the rules are stuck. So defense and aviation is an upcoming area where India and U.S. both can benefit. India can benefit from the U.S. from U.S. expertise and U.S. can increase its business in India. Would you say that there are so many levers, it should be possible to hopefully find some way through, given the fact that India and U.S. are aligned geostrategically as well? That's true. But the U.S. government, I think, has to back off a bit because there is a lot of aggression, which was because, see, U.S., even before Donald Trump's regime, it did take up the concerns of its businesses. It did put pressure on India to do a lot of things. But, you know, it has to be logical. It has to also see that, you know, if India is exporting stuff, it is basically benefiting their own industry as they are getting inputs. You know, at a cheaper rate, so many U.S. companies are opposed to withdrawal of GSP. So U.S. has to keep all this in mind. And basically, I think more doing balance trade with India is concerned. Thank you, Amiti ji. Thank you so much. You were listening to a discussion on Indo-U.S. trade relations. The participants were Amiti Sain, financial analyst, and Adi Madan Mohan, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. You can also listen to this program on our website newsonair.nic.in. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsttalks at gmail.com.